Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Megan. And I'm Shannon, and you're listening to Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this cloudy Monday, we will be discussing some of the weirdest movie plots in Hollywood. We'll also be diving into this week in pop culture, including the ZG Baby, Supernova, and Gen Z drama. And at the end of the episode, you will get a review on the film of Being John Malkovich by Megan. But first, let's get into the pop culture. Shannon, what do you have for us this week? All right. This week really popped off with some culture. (laughs) See what I did? All right. Let's get into it. So if you ever had hopes of being the most attractive person in the world, it's time to throw on your hat. The ZG baby is officially here. And if you're a person who has a life and you don't know what I'm talking about... I'm referring to the birth of Zayn Malik and Gigi Hadid's baby girl, which was announced on Wednesday night when Zayn posted a picture on Instagram holding his little baby's hand, saying, The love I feel for this tiny human is beyond my understanding. Grateful to know her, proud to call her mine, and thankful for the life we will have together. Why am I emotional? That's so cute! Even though, like, I have, I hold a grudge against Zayn for what he did to One Direction, I can't help but have a little soft spot in my heart for this moment. I feel like it's been long enough for me. The wounds have kind of healed, you know. It was really tough at the time, but I'm getting over it. So the emotion that I feel every single time a 1D boy has a da- like has a baby or like becomes a dad, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a weird like I like, feel like with the other ones, I didn't even, like, know. Like, Louis was, like, a big scandal, and I didn't right. want to believe it. Because at Freddy. that point, it was still, like, Louis and Harry are a thing. Right. And so no one wanted to believe that Louis had actually had a kid. Liam's I never even really heard of. Mm. But Zane's I feel like, is yeah, the first that I'm like, that, okay, this timing seems okay. Zane's is hitting. Yeah, because I feel like none of them have been married before they had kids, which I think, I don't think any of them have been married, period, yet. Right? None of the boys I don't been think so. So that's interesting. But good for them. Um, there are only uh, two free birds left, Niall and Harry. Um, who do you think is going to be next? Niall. I don't know if Harry will ever have children. Um, I kind of see where you're coming from there. I feel like Harry is very much like... I mean, like, I think one day he'll get there, but I can also see him being like a Leonardo DiCaprio bachelor, bachelor type. type guy. He does give me more nurturing energy, though, than Leo. But... Or, you know what I could also see? I could also see him being, like, an Elton John and just getting to (gasps) it late. So, you know, he gets a partner later in life and they adopt some kids. I would love to see that from Harry, I think. I think that would be phenomenal. So... You know, I just feel in my bones that this baby's going to be gorgeous. Um, She's got two insanely talented parents to start off, so she's not... Life's not looking bad for ZG Baby. I can't wait to hear what they call it. I know, that's going to be interesting. I'm curious. So, Liam's baby's in Bear, right? Bear, yeah. What's Louis's baby? Freddy. Freddy? It's a boy, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Louis is kind of... He kind of went the more traditional route, while Liam was like... I'm going to call him whatever I want to call him. So I'm very interested to see if they're... I feel like it's going to have an exotic name. Oh, sure. I think so, too, because with parents like Gigi and Zane, yeah. I think you would expect something weird. Maybe they'll name it ZG. Who's to Ew, say? <laughs> I hate that, to be honest. All right, well, moving on. Congratulations, Zane and Gigi, on having the most attractive baby in the world. 
<laughs> so two weeks ago on the pop culture update, I talked about how Ellen was planning her big comeback with a statement about her recent controversy. Well, it happened, and it was quite underwhelming. Quite underwhelming. She delivered a monologue to open up her 18th season, addressing her critics, and it really, really backfired on social media. She briefly apologized. She did, like, straight up say, like, I'm sorry, but the monologue was also filled with jokes, which some people were like, okay, Ellen, like, uh, let's take this seriously. So she opened the monologue by asking viewers, how was everybody's summer? Good? Yeah, mine was great. Super terrific. She commented sarcastically before saying, let me give you some advice if anyone's thinking of changing their title or giving themselves a nickname. Don't go with the be kind lady. Don't do it. Ellen, girl, what? That's so cringy. Yeah. I feel like, but I feel like there is not going to be any redeeming her. Like, I feel like no matter what she said, people were still going to be like, oh, Ugh. whatever. Like, she's a bad person. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't really know what Ellen could have done, but she could have definitely been, in my opinion, could have been more sincere about Oh, for it. sure. Absolutely. So the actual apology um, part of her monologue went something like this. I learned that the things hap- I learned that things happened here that never should have happened. I take it very seriously, and I want to say I am so sorry to all the people who were affected. So it kind of gives me energy of someone who's just like, I got to get this off my like PR. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like that's and that's probably what it is. I mean, I don't know, because I don't want to side with Ellen. Right. But, like, I guess that's kind of what you have to do at that point, you know? But, like, I think there's definitely more she could have done. Right. Like, made some changes and, like, announced that. Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, a public, like, oh, like, I'm implementing this. It could just be, like, a statement, like, that's, like, okay, I'm going to be, like, doing this, this, and this to change what's been happening. Yeah, I don't, I really don't think this is the end of Ellen. I think the the jokes are never going to stop because, like, once you're a celebrity and you get in hot water like this, the jokes keep rolling out, but I don't think she'll ever, like, fully be canceled. Like, I think the show's going to stay on. Because middle-aged moms don't care about this kind of stuff, you know? No, they don't. They don't care at all, so. So, uh, watch Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. In some Gen Z is gullible news, a new TikTok trend has some Gen Zers getting into a sticky situation. The Zoomers are in trouble. So it started when a TikToker TikToker posted a video proposing that Gen Z all get matching tattoos. And it was supposed to look like a Z with like a dash in the middle. You can look it up. And, um, already generational tattoos make me kind of, uh, like, we're not in Divergent, girl. <laughs> like, I, yeah, we aren't in Divergent. That is really, like, cringy. Yeah. That, like, oh, I'm in Gen Z. I'm going to get a tattoo. Isn't your age enough? You were born. That's what happened. Yeah, you that's, were born. That's all you need. Like, imagine if the baby boomers got tattoos. We would just make fun of them so hard. It's like, and I saw comments being like, it'll, like, be a symbol. Like, we have to promise to make a change with this tattoo. Like, it's going to no, be how just, we identify each just other. Just make like, a change anyway. Can't you identify each other through sight? Through, <laughs> through, through seeing how, how old someone is and being like, oh, yeah. What year were you born? It's a simple yeah. question. It's really, like, so blatantly obvious that we were raised on, like, Hunger Games, like, oh, Divergent. Yeah. Not like, to mention, it makes it super exclusive, too. And, like, that's one of the big problems, I think, with the whole generational thing is that, like, every generation thinks they're the best, and then they don't work with the other generations, so then they, like, you know, fight each other, and then it causes issues. We should be working with the millennials and with the people below us. I mean, baby boomers, whatever. (laughs) That's just my opinion. But, um, you know, like, getting tattoos is making it very exclusive, and I think that's problematic. In all of Gen Z, like, I feel like TikTokers are forgetting, like, 
Caitlyn Bennett's in Gen Z girl, like... Yeah, yeah. not all of Gen Z is good. There's plenty of bad people in Gen Z. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, while that idea is cringe already, it turns out that the suggested tattoo on the TikTok that went viral is actually a Nazi tattoo representing the wolf's angel symbol, which is a group often associated with the Nazi party and other white supremacist groups. And... Some teens actually did end up getting this tattoo without knowing what it meant. And I bet they... I saw one person got... They had to get a black square over it to cover it up. Oh, my God. See, this is the problem <laughs> with our generation. You can't... You have to think things through. We're too young to be doing that stuff. Yeah. That's exactly what our parents told us. Like, oh, don't get a tattoo or you're going to regret it for when you get old. But they're regretting it already yeah. because they didn't do their research. Gen Zers are such, like, we're such elitists. Like, we think we we're, really like, the best are. generation. It's we like, are super, we're very pretentious. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, we need to be smarter. Come on, Zoomers, what are you doing? What are we doing? Go to college. Get, get a your degree. education. <laughs> just just can't take it out of notch. Just stop being stupid, you know? I just find it so funny that, like, we got fooled. We got bamboozled like oh that. Like, God. it really shows how easily, like our generation can get tricked like that because of social media and stuff, and no one fact-checks in Gen Z, so this is, like, our generation's Nigerian prince scam. Yeah. So, speaking of stupid teenagers, on Tuesday, the movie Empire Records celebrated its 25th anniversary, which is iconic. So iconic. I first watched Empire Records because Megan suggested it to me, so I think it was, like, what, like, junior year? It was... No, it wasn't that long ago. No? like Oh, junior- actually, you know what? I think it was yeah. junior year because I remember in our math class we were talking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Empire Records is iconic. Megan, See, what's your... it's iconic. It's, like, kind of a terrible movie. Oh, it's, it's garbage. But, like, yeah. speaking of Gen Z, it has a good Gen Z vibe to it. It's, like, it's what we love. It's that vintage 90s, like rebellious teenagers who love music kind of deal. It's just so, like, it's so iconic, and there's just so many, like, iconic little moments. But overall, as a movie and as a movie critic, you're like, what is is this? There's no plot. It's, like, super boring a lot of the time. Yeah. I just, whenever I think about Pirate Records, just think of everyone being, it's Rex Manning Day, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, Rex, you're you're so so sexy. sexy. So... It's long overdue for a rewatch for me. I This movie came out in 1995, and it has a shocking 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So good. It's definitely, if you're going to watch this movie, watch it for the time capsule, watch it for the outfits. Don't watch it, like, going and thinking it's going to be, like, yeah. a clueless right. Watch it for Renee Zellweger, and that's about it. Right. Yeah, so, and AJ. He was, his fits were rocking. All right. In our final piece of movie news, we are talking Firth and Tucci, baby. Yay! The power duo. Bring it back. So we actually talked about this on Flick Chicks before. Yeah, I think it was last season in yeah. my pop culture update. We talked about this movie starring Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci as a gay couple. Yes. So the trailer for the movie Supernova, which looks like it's going to be the saddest movie to ever have existed, dropped on Tuesday and everyone's already in their feelings about it. So Variety um, describes it as a longtime couple, Tucci and Firth, are figuring out how to live or not under dementia's ever-enroaching shadow. 
Their joint thespian grace and reserve take on an undertow of raging, disorganized despair. Wow, that sounds like it's going to be tragic. I can't wait to watch it. Yep. So, did you watch the trailer? I didn't. But you know what? I can really see myself whenever this comes out in a few months Mm. in, like, the Kendall Square movie theater. You know, some art house movie theater in the city. And I'm in this tiny theater with all these old people. And it's just going to be me, like, crying. Yeah. This seems like the kind of movie... like based on the trailer, where you're not gonna have an emotional break. It's just like sad, 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 sad. Oh, for sure. So the cinematography is great. It takes place in really like rural areas, so that's great. There's some great raw emotion even in the two minute trailer. All I can end with saying is that I'm not ready for this one. Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth are about to do their worst to me, and I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready too. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to the theaters again. Same. So. Let's get into this week's topic. We didn't talk about it much so far, Mm. but this week's topic, the weirdest movie plots in Hollywood. So this is based on just our... um, Opinions. Yeah, our opinions and our watch history. So, like, there's definitely more. But um, let's get into it. So so what are some of the weirdest movies that we've seen? Let's let's list them off. Um, So some of these I've seen and some of them I haven't. Uh, we just made, like, a little list. So, Donnie Darko, we watched together. I remember so vividly sitting on your couch, and every five minutes, we were like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this? And that was right after we had read, like, a How to Read AP Literature book, so we're sitting there like, he's a yeah. Christ figure. We're like- trying to, like, unravel the plot of this, and it's just, like... It was worth it, but also we never got any answers. Right. Yeah. And then didn't we? We tried to like watch an analysis video after, and it just like it just didn't, didn't make sense. Help. And it's like it's just one of those movies where it's like someone's like, "Oh, what's it about?" And you're like, "Well, Jake Gyllenhaal is a spicy teenager, probably mentally ill. He starts hallucinating about a man in a bunny suit." And then there's some physics stuff. There's an old lady. There's a, a girl, and then some death and a bomb and a plane and a yeah. yeah. And the person's like, okay. <laughs> like okay, so what is it about? Yeah, so what's though? it about? Yeah, I love when like and I watched a few interviews like back in the day when we first watched it, and everyone who like would interview Jake, they were they're like in this coming of age movie, like it's so. Funny. I know, like they're really trying to put it in a box, and it's just not it's something not. that can be put into a box. It's really not. Um, the next one on our list is The Lobster. Um, I recall vividly, I vividly recall watching Lobster just being like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, I yeah. never watched it, but I remember you telling me about it, yeah. and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I believe it's, um, oh my god, what's his name? Colin, Colin, Colin Farrell? Yeah, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell, per- amazing performance. Um, It's just a little, um... The, the uh, you know <laughs> it's just it's it's interesting it's it's a good I love weird movies for the plot but at the same time it's like this is never a movie I'd be like I'm looking for a chill Friday night let's throw on a lobster <laughs> yeah yeah um so next I'm gonna I'm gonna do the next two so under the silver lake I watched um a few weeks ago and it's odd so mm. this is recommended to my boyfriend by Todd Wemmer, who is a professor here. And so we both watched it. Very odd movie. There's just a lot going on. It's kind of like Donnie Darko where I was trying to put together the symbolism and I just, like, couldn't for the life of me. It was very interesting, though. And then also I have Horns. I think that's what it's called. I've never heard of this. It's the Daniel Radcliffe movie where he, like, slowly turns into the devil. It came out a long time ago, but um, it pretty much... 
That's what it is. Daniel Radcliffe is like becoming Satan and he has horns growing out of his head. It's so weird. Is it good? It was pretty good. I Sounds mean, like an interesting I watched it a very long time ago, so I couldn't tell you. You but. know what's funny? Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, this completely slipped my mind till right now, but there's also Swiss Army Man, which is another oh, really, yeah, like, I really heard weird that one movie. Was weird, yeah, yeah um, that's all about a corpse um, that's like propelled as a boat through like the <laughs> like flatulence. It's a very interesting. <gasps> oh my gosh! I thought of another one. Oh, what? Um, Buster Miles Heart. Oh, with Rami. Oh my god! Did you ever watch that? I never that? watched it, but you told me about it. That movie still just thinking about it gives me anxiety, and like I want other people to watch it, but I. Don't don't want them to become unstable after because watching that movie like ruined me so that one is is Rami Malek and he's a family man he has a wife and a daughter um and he works at a motel he works like the night shift um and you know you're but you're getting like these weird flashbacks and or flash forwards you don't really know and it's Rami like but it's not and you're so confused as to what's going on and then at the end it kind of comes together and you're like what? I'm gonna have to watch this. It's like huge existential crisis yeah. material. I'm down. I'd love to watch it again, but also I don't want to fall into an anxiety attack. So maybe I'll check it out and then I'll I'll recap it for you again. You should so watch you can... it. You should watch it. It's very interesting. Okay, work. Um, next one on the list. This is more of a weird in the sense of like reality's weird. Yeah. Um, the Florida Project and I American Honey maybe as well. Yeah. So like... those are both pretty similar. Yeah. So those are weird in the sense that. Like, you know, because when you think of the Florida Project or you read the log line or whatever, mm. it's kids in Florida, you know, on the kind of wrong side of the tracks, you right. could say. But then when you start watching it, you're like, okay, this is, like, not what I expected. It's, like, really, right. like, children not being children. Especially both those movies have very, like, ambiguous endings. Yeah. So, so and American Honey, I feel like, is a little weirder because it's, like, these teenagers. And they right. ha- all have such weird lives. And, like, the things they say are really weird. And they're just, like, this breed of people that I just, like, I don't see in real life. By. Very interesting. Yeah. So... Oh, next one, else. I haven't heard of this one. Stardust? Okay. So, um, this is a movie that our friend Julia knows. Oh, um, okay. So, it's based off a book by Neil Gaiman. Um, how do I even describe it? It's it's a fantasy movie. Okay. It's incredibly odd. Okay. It's very weird. So, there's this this boy, and um, he's in love with this girl, and she doesn't like him, but he's, like, head over heels in love with her. And then there's um, another girl, played by Claire Danes, I think. Oh. And she's a star. Work. She's okay. a star and she falls from the sky and onto the oh, earth. Oh, like she's like a, like she's not a celebrity star. She's oh, no, no, no. Star. She's a star, like in oh. the, in space. Okay. And she falls to the earth. Right. And then this boy finds her and then she needs to be, I don't know, there's some sort of quest they have to go on. There's something going on there. Okay. Um, there's witches involved. Um, Robert De Niro plays a gay pirate on a flying ship. I'll have to watch this. Um, It is incredibly odd. I just watched it again, like, recently, and I was like, what is going on? All right, word. So, that For some reason, when you were describing the plot of that, a movie came to me that we don't have on the list, and that's Pan's Labyrinth. I feel like that's, like, Oh, yeah, I never watched that, but I heard it it was weird. Who made that again? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Oh, it's like mostly like, Guillermo del Toro, oh, right? Oh, Guillermo del Toro. Didn't made he? Them? Did, and then we never even put on the list. Um, 
Oh my god, what was it oh, called? The Shape of Water? The Shape of Water! Yeah. Come on, The Shape of Water? She has a relationship with a fish man. She does. Yo, Guillermo del Toro's mind is something else. See, okay, these, so our two sections, what are the weirdest movies we've seen, and then the most notorious, yeah. is kind of like the same. It is. It's the same, because, you know, as we think of these movies off the top of our heads, you know those are notorious for being it's, weird. Yeah, especially because I, we haven't, I feel like we haven't branched out into like, some foreign cinemas, like, very... Oh, for sure. ...bizarre. Oh, my God. This is... They're all coming to me. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hitler is his imaginary friend? Come on! I think what's funny, what ties a lot of these movies together, is the element of, like, magical realism. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, so close to reality, and, but like, something's off. And, like, satire a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, magical, like, surrealism, that yeah. kind of thing. So, the next one on the list is the weirdest movie for me, I think, that I've seen on this list. So, Sorry to Bother You, um, it's about... I can't even describe the plot to you. There's also a huge twist in the middle. But, like, the basic premise is that it's about a African-American male played by Lakeith uh, Stanfeld. And he gets hired at, like, a telephone agency, like, marketing company. And he has to learn how to, like use his white voice so then like his white voice is a whole different actor but like that's not really the plot at all like it's a whole it's a whole thing i highly recommend you w- just sit down and watch it and you're like yeah i i've been wanting to watch this for a long time because i saw that it was on hulu and then you told me that it was really weird and yeah. i was like confused as to how that would happen it's you when you like it's not a casual watch like you can't just sit down and be like oh like go on my phone and like so if you went on your phone you'd look up and be like what movie it's like because the first act of the movie and the second act of the movie are like different movies Ooh, that's so exciting so very good um, the next one on the list is Amelie, which is, like, a French movie. It's, I need to watch that. It's really good. It's not weird in, like, the way that a lot of these other movies are weird. It's weird in just, like, she's so quirky and, like, the editing style is very interesting. Like, you've seen, um, Love on the Spectrum, right? Yes. So you know how when it's, like, this person likes this, 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 and then it shows yeah. it? That is what they got that from this movie. Oh, So it's, like, really? Amelie loves, like eating hard-boiled eggs and it like goes through like Ugh. a clip show of like that's yeah, interesting. It's interesting it's interesting um this one i added to the list so i was like fever dream type content <laughs> there was this movie if anyone out there knows what i'm talking about please contact me so it's called plague dogs and also watership down in the same vein do you know of watership down yeah it's the book about the, the rabbits yeah yeah so i think these are both based on books but it's just like weird animation that kind of like never sat right with me oh yeah and that's like a whole other thing that we've talked about with like christmas movies yeah, <laughs> claymation. i i cannot with claymation yeah. Those kinds of movies freak me out. Frightening, especially when they're aimed at children. There's just an element yeah. there that's like, you know. Um, next one, Spring Breakers. Uh, have you seen Spring Breakers? I have not seen Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers is just kind of like weird in that there's really not plot there. Like, it, you should watch. I don't know how to describe it. It's very like... Ooh, we're like we're party. It's it's the fantasy that a lot of Gen Z have of like being an anarchist and like not yeah. following rules. So that's that's why that one's weird. All right, we got a couple more Rocky Horror Picture Show. This is like a staple of weird cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, like how do you even describe Rocky Horror? You right. know, it's just it's a feeling. It's it's the movie musical vibe. Yeah. Which is also, like, another one on our list. That's one of... I put this under the list for most notorious. Cats 2019. Um, yeah. Cats, in general. <laughs> movie. Musical. Mm. Anything. 
So weird. Why? I, I think it's time for me to confess something, and that is that I actually enjoyed Cats 2019. Um, I thought it was a fun experience. I had a great time watching it. Um, Jellicle Cats do what Jellicle Cats do. Dude, I'm shaking my head right Dude. now. I, I will never watch Cats. No, you have to watch it. Oh my god, it's I so will good. not be able to make it. It's, like, good not because it's, like, actual good cinema, but, it, like, watching it is, like... Like, Rum Tum Tiger, um, oh Come my Through God. Jason. I don't want to hear about it. All right. <laughs> Lastly, we have Black Swan. This one is, like, yeah, there was definitely some moments watching Black Swan where I was like, I have no idea what's happening right, right. now. Right. I feel like that's the general vibe of Black Swan is, like, huh? All right. All right. So let's get into our next thing. So the borders between weird art house and horror. Tell me about this, Shannon. All right. So while I was typing up this list, I, I, I was Googling like movies, like weird movies on Reddit. And I noticed that a lot of things that fell under the weird movie category were like Ari Aster, like Hereditary, Midsommar, like, and it's all this stuff that are like, I'm like, yeah, I guess it's like weird, but in the context of horror, it's not No, weird. yeah, it's not weird. Like, because, I, I mean, this is, like, a whole argument we could have is, like, what do you classify as a weird movie? Right. Like, and I think I classify it as a movie where I either hear the logline or I start it and I'm like, What's what happening? are you talking about? Like, right. this, like, doesn't make sense. Like, Midsummer, you know, you get the logline or, like, the basic premise is this girl goes with her boyfriend on a trip mm-hmm. to, like, you know, this, I don't know, wherever they go. I think it was Sweden. Sweden, something like that. And, you know, they kind of encounter, like, a cult sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So what right. ensues after that makes sense to me. Right. And it's what you're going, it's, like, you're going for the weird. Like, when you go to see horror, like, if I, like, if you were to go see Midsummer and didn't know it was a horror movie, you'd leave, like, huh? <laughs> like leave, yeah, like, like, if you if you just saw pictures of it and, like, not scary ones, but, like, the nice, beautiful ones, right. you're like, oh, this is gonna be, like, a nice, fun movie. Right. And then, like, you get to the, the very beginning, which, spoiler alert, her parents die, like, and right sister, away. yeah. Like, then you're like, oh. okay, this is gonna be heavy. Right, exactly. So I think, I just wanted to draw that, like, parallel between, like, horror movies having a weird, more of a sense of, like, unnerving weird, where art house films have more of, like, weird, like, quirky... Oh, absolutely, and I think that's, like, a a very interesting distinction, is, like, you know, horror, when it's weird, it makes sense, but when it's, like, more comedy weird... You're then like, you're like, oh, and I don't mean comedy like a Melissa McCarthy, like... <laughs> Medea's house. Yeah, not like that, like like a satire, kind of right. like, a very self-aware comedy kind of movie, which we'll get into being John Malkovich. Yeah. But. So, um, pros and cons of weird movies? I think, like, so you were talking about this earlier, like, I love a weird movie for, like, the plot and, like, mm. really trying to decipher it, unless it's too weird. And then I'm right. like, okay, Then you what? just don't even want to try. You're like, well, Yeah, because you're like, well, what is this? Like, right. what's the point of this? Um, oh my god, there's... It's, it's kind of like Moonrise Kingdom a little bit. Some, some oh, like, Wes yeah. Anderson-type films where it's, like, you know, it's quirky and you're like, okay, I can handle this. Right. But then there's some movies, like, Donnie Darko probably could have been one of these where I'm like, I don't even want to try. There's too much going on. Like, we were just in the right mind space to be able to be like, okay, I want to try and figure this out. Right. But some movies, I'm like, I don't even care. I that don't is know. another thing I would say, like, hinders weird movies more than helps it, is you have to be in a very specific state of mind to, like, watch yeah, and like, digest. They're not casual watches. No. You can't just sit down and be like, oh, I'm just... I'm going to casually watch 
you know, Under the Silver Lake. Like, that is not a movie that you can casually watch. Like, you have to be prepared to use your brain. Right. I feel like that's why, like, honestly, a weird movie should have, like, a disclaimer for you, like, being in a state of mind before you. And honestly, that's why I think a lot of people don't like them or they're not as well known because, like, people... There's a lot of people that don't like movies, or they yeah. only like movies when it's, like, a Friday Mama night. <laughs> yeah, when it's, like, an easy watch and you don't have to try right, too hard. Right. But, like, people like us, you know, we like weird movies and we like dissecting them. And so, like, that's what makes weird movies, like, have a deficit. Because a lot right. of, like, quote-unquote normal non-movie-watching people are going to be like, no, I'm, I'm not bothering with right. this. Right, I have, I, a lot of my friends think that way. And it's actually funny that earlier you were talking about, like, when a movie, like, when you watch it and you're like, it's too weird, I think that kind of comes along with the whole thing of, like, the cringe of when a movie's trying too hard to be weird. And yeah. And you're like, movie, are you really weird or are you just, like, doing this to, like, make me unnerved and, like, uncomfortable? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think there's a line. Um, you know, I don't have any good examples mm-hmm. of, of where the line is, but, um, you know, I think if you create this world and, like, the things that happen make sense, mm-hmm. then that then that works. Like, Jojo Rabbit, like, right, you yeah. know, you, you're getting this weird premise that this little German boy has Hitler as his imaginary friend, but then you also are having, like, these pretty, like, normal things happening, right. you know. Like, historical events. Yeah, like, almost. befriending the girl that's living in his house and, you know, having mm-hmm. his best friend. And, like, even though it's a little satirical and a little wacky, like, it still makes sense. Right. Whereas sometimes a movie will just keep throwing stuff at you and you're like, this Enough. does not make sense. Like, I yeah. need to understand. Uh, uh, um, an example I drew is M. Night Shyamalan. I feel like a lot of his earlier movies, like, The Sixth Sense and, like, even, like, uh, I don't know, like, his his older stuff, like, it, it makes, like, sense, like, when you watch it, like, signs, like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is normal, normal movie, whatever, there's, like, a weird element, and at the end, they hit you with a twist, and you're like, ah, oh my god, that's so good, I'm not, Oh my like, god, yeah. remember that movie we watched, Ruby, Ruby Sparks? Oh. That was a weird one. Paul Dano? What are you doing, homie? That, that was, was a definitely weird one. weird one. That was almost one where it was like, I hate this because it's so... Because it's just... Yeah, because yeah. by the end, the vibes had turned so catastrophically right. that I was like, what? They were like, why are you doing... Like, it's like, you can always tell in a weird movie. Like, they sat down and they were like, let's make a weird movie. Versus, like, I have this plot that I really like. People might not like it, but, like, I yeah. have an, an idea That's here. like Shape of Water. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's And, like, I feel like Sorry to Bother You is kind of the same deal. Where someone sat down and they were like, I have this crazy idea. It might not work. Whatever. And then there's also the people who are like... Yeah, let's make, what if we made, like, some weird, like, crazy... <laughs> let's make a weird movie. <laughs> and we're gonna throw in all these things, like a cookie recipe. We're just gonna bake it all <laughs> together and hope you like it. But then it's burnt on the outside. Right, because people, like, um... Another element of it is people want move their movie to be, if it's not going to be a successful box office, you want it to be a cult classic. But oh, like, yeah. You're not, like, so that's why I feel like some people are like, if we make it weird enough, we'll, like, get a nice audience and, like, get yeah, a cult absolutely. classic. But, like, that's not how it always turns out. No. So, um, next, or one of our last points. Mm-hmm. So, is it worth it if you have to Google the plot? Um, what do you think? Um, I think... I'm on the fence because when I first read this I was like yes like it makes the movie better you have to like you know because I feel like when you watch a normal movie with every movie there is something to look up and you learn different interpretations and that's almost like a prompt when you don't understand it that you look it up and you do get that other experience of like oh I didn't know this meant this and like this meant this but it's also like why should you have to like google a movie yeah that's like the whole thing like I think if you 
have to Google it because you didn't understand any of it, like, then that's probably bad. Right. But there's movies like Hereditary that I, I kind of looked up just for, like, additional resources mm-hmm. to be like, okay, this is what I was thinking. Do I have it right? Right. Um. Yeah, and I, I think, like, there's something to that. But sometimes it could be annoying. Like, I watched Enemy um, a few Jake weeks Gyllenhaal. ago with Jake Gyllenhaal. And that one, I, like, I understood it, but then there was, like, a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. And I was, like, by the end, I was, like, why? But yeah. then when I Googled it, I was, like, oh, that's cool. Right. That's really smart that they did that. But it was just kind of irritating that I had to look it up. I think, I, I love when, okay, I think the line that I would just draw here is, like, when you're watching the movie, I've literally watched movies before where I had the wiki up and I'm, like, reading along as I'm watching the movie because I'm, like, did what just happened really happen or, like, oh, did yeah. I interpret it? I think a movie's good if, like, you can go through it without having to look up anything and then at the end you're, like, yeah, like let me check. I think as long as you're still getting something out of it without right. having to Google, then that's good. But if right. you're, like, completely lost and you have to look it up, for everything, mm-hmm. then it's probably a loss. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of touched on this earlier, but for the last point, um, what do you think about weird movies makes them cult classics? I think, like, you know, it's it's a special breed of movie. A movie mm-hmm. that was passed over by everyone because it's just like, you know, maybe it wasn't marketed very well or mm-hmm. maybe it was just too weird. Um, but, you know... They, they come back in the end. It's, like, one of those mm. things where it's, like, oh, I watched this movie and it actually was really good. You no should watch about it. it. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know. I think it's, like, it's a very magical process. Maybe it's because I'm young and I don't know anything about the movie industry. But I think it's a very magical thing, you know? Like, yeah. and I don't think anything becomes a cult classic, like... Overnight. Overnight. No, it takes a lot of time, like Donnie Darko and stuff like that. But then there's some good movies that just, like, do well right away. Like, Shape right, of Water right. did so well right away. And that did good, like, like critically, you know? Yeah, so. and that's, like, the other thing is sometimes weird movies don't do good critically, mm-hmm. but people still love them anyway. Yeah, go off weird movies. Yeah, pop off. All right, well, um, speaking of weird movies, here comes our weird movie review from Megan. All right, so let me take a deep breath here. Yeah. Being John Malkovich. All right. So, Being John Malkovich is a 1999 film starring John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, Catherine Keener, and, of course, John John Malkovich. Malkovich. The director was Spike Jones, and the screenplay was written by Charlie Kaufman, both of whom were nominated for Oscars for this film. So, overall, Being John Malkovich has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have to tell you right now that I hated this movie with such a passion. And, you know, anyone listening to this that, like, is, like, Being John Malkovich is my favorite movie, or, like, even if they're just, like, oh, I thought it was good, I'm so sorry. I apologize right away. I just, like, could not stand it for so many reasons. So, um, you know, as I was writing this review, I was, like, it took me a long time to be able to write it. I was, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to delve back into my memories of this movie and, like, not be angry. <laughs> but I did it. So let's just talk about what it's about. So if you don't know, Being John Malkovich is a comedy fantasy type movie about a puppeteer played by John Cusack who discovers a door in his workplace that leads into John Malkovich's mind. Yeah. So the actor John Malkovich has a tunnel that people can go through and you can inhabit his mind for a 15-minute span. And then you get oh. tossed out into, like, the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> So, 
By the way, this is going to be spoilery because there's just things that I have to talk about. So if you want to watch this movie, um, maybe don't listen. Or do listen and decide, oh, I don't want to watch this movie. So a lot of people really like this movie, as I said, from the Rotten Tomatoes score of a 93. And I was looking at the Letterboxd reviews and everyone's like, this is art. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And, like, I guess I get it. It's quirky. You know, it's a quirky, innovative idea of, like, and, you know, they really committed to the whole John Malkovich part. Like, I saw a thing on Letterboxd that was, like, imagine if, like, he had said no. Mm. And then they, and then, like. <laughs> they're, like, what? Now? Yeah, like, what are we going to do? So, like, I can respect the grind for making this movie and, like, having the stamina to, like, go through with it and, like, create something so odd. But there's just some things about this movie that, like, really grinded my gears. And it could just be, like, personal opinion but I just, oh my god. So I'm going to give you a list of the things I hated about this movie. I, I Once again, if you're a fan, I'm so sorry. Um, so my, like, main thing was that none of the characters were likable. Not a single one. I did not like a single character in this movie. Not even John That's Malkovich. That's not good. I didn't like any of them. I thought they were all obnoxious. So That's specifically the, the main character, Craig, who's played by John Cusack. I, like... <sighs> Just thinking about him in this movie, like, gets my blood boiling. With his gr- his <laughs> greasy hair and his, um, like, little, like, facial hair and his little glasses. And he's just so, like, you know, he's just, like, gross. And he's a puppeteer, which, like, not to be mean to puppeteers, but what kind of profession is that? Clearly you're not making any money. And he's, like... Oh, I just want to be a puppeteer. And I'm like, get a job, John Cusack. Get a job. <laughs> like, I can't handle it. And then all the other characters are just terrible people. Like, I didn't dislike them because they were, like, annoying. They were. But they were just bad people. There was, like, no redeeming them at all. Um. So, I, yeah, I talked about the puppeteering thing. I just, like, I get that it's supposed to be funny, kind of, and, like, weird. I could not get with it. As, as a type A person that, like, believes in being ambitious and, like, you know, doing something with your life, I, I, I can't. I can't handle it. Get a job. Like, what are you doing? Um, so the romance in this is despicable. So the... Romance? Yeah. So it starts... So Craig has a wife. Cameron okay. Diaz. Oh, of course. Uh, her name's Lottie in the film. They're they're married. She has all these animals for some reason. She is a like chimp. Pets? Yes. Oh. She is a pet chimp. Who I also hated. Let's let's get that straight. I hated the chimp as well. <laughs> and so they have a, a clearly kind of broken marriage. He's like so caught up in his own life. He does not care about her. He doesn't take care of her. She's supposed to look homely and weird, but it's Cameron Diaz, so right. she's cute anyway. Right. And she's just, like, very oblivious, like, ah, Craig! And I'm like, oh my god. And then things get worse. So, have you seen this movie no, before? I've never okay, seen cool. It. So I'm just gonna tell you everything <laughs> about it. So then, Craig gets this new job. And it's on the seven and a half floor. Of this building. Okay, Harry so they have to open the emergency like elevator, like press a button, open it, and then the 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 ceilings are like super low. And that's like kind of a meme. And that was kind of funny. I appreciated that. And I'll get to that in my like list. And so he meets this woman named Maxine, and she's like supposed to be a hot lady, you know, a femme fatale, if mm-hmm. you will. And he immediately is like, Oh, I like her a lot. And so he kind of goes after her. He's like, Oh, like can I take you out for a drink? He's married. 
And she's and she clearly doesn't like him, but she's going along with it for the attention. So these three people are just like, oh wait, and then Lottie, Lottie meets Maxine, Lottie falls in love with Maxine. And she's willing to cheat on Craig. And Craig's willing to cheat on Lottie. And they and both are like Maxine. They both like Maxine. And Maxine likes Lottie and hates Craig. And Craig is mad at Lottie for Maxine liking her. And it's this whole love triangle that is so messed up. It makes no sense. They're both cheaters. Maxine is a terrible person that doesn't actually like anyone. No <laughs> matter what you romance. tell me. It's terrible. <sighs> um, the effects are really bad. I know it's 1999, but come on. They're going, they're crawling through this tunnel, and it's like they step in, like, goo, like this is E.T. or something, and I was like, ew! <laughs> and then the sound effects are so loud and annoying. Like, at one point, a guy, like, popped open a pen, and it was, like, this little pop sound, and I was like, was that necessary? It wasn't. Okay. It just really made me mad. I just, oh, and then John Malkovich, what kind of human is he? I don't know much about John Malkovich, but he's a weird human. Yeah. And, um, I just, oh, he's so odd. (sighs) All right, let's talk about the things I did like. So I thought some of the humor was funny. The seven and a half floor I thought was kind of funny. And then there's a secretary where Craig works that's like, um, she mishears everything. So he's like, oh, my name is, like, Craig Schwartz. And she's, like, she says the wrong thing, like, five times and, like, gets mad at him. And she's, like, <laughs> kind of hilarious. Okay. Um, The idea itself is unique. I appreciated it. I love the commitment from John Malkovich. Right. I, I can really appreciate that. Like, there's a scene where he um goes through his own tunnel and ends How up. How that work? He just, he just does it, you know? And so, because the, so, like, the tunnel's in a wall in this building. Right. So you can just right, walk right, right, through right, right. it and you end up in his head. Yeah. And so he goes through the tunnel and it's, like, he ends up in this restaurant and everyone has his face and everything they say is just John Malkovich. I think I've seen that scene before. <laughs> and it's, like, so stupid and ridiculous, but also kind of funny. Um... <laughs> I would, you know what? I was happy that Craig ended up depressed at the end, because um, okay. in the end, so Maxine and Lottie end up together. Um, because what happens is Craig is like, you know, they're they're selling tickets to people to inhabit John Malkovich's head, right? And Maxine is like hooking up with John Malkovich, just like for funsies, just to like have him like there. And so that's how she falls in love with Lottie. Is Lottie right. is going into John Malkovich's head. And then they are, like, hooking up. And so Maxine is like, oh, it's really Lottie, but through John Malkovich. Okay. And then Craig gets mad. So then Craig is like, no, I want to be John Malkovich. And so then he kind of steals Maxine away and then takes control of John Malkovich completely. Huh? Takes control of him. Like, I don't know why he somehow has, like, better, like, brain power than everyone else. And he takes control and it's John Malkovich for, like, eight months. And he marries Maxine and starts this puppeteering career as John Malkovich. He's like, I'm John Malkovich and I'm done acting. I'm going to be a puppeteer. And I was like, no, not the puppeteering. And then, um, but then like these old people, it's like, oh my God, it's so weird. I can't even like, it just doesn't make sense. And so then. Oh, and he also, while this happens, he had, like, locked Lottie in a in a cage, tied her up, and locked her in the cage with the chimp. For eight months? No, not for eight months, but for, like, a little while. And then the chimp ended up saving her. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But in the end, he leaves John Malkovich, 
uh, Maxine and Lottie end up together, and Craig is just depressed. And I'm like, I was happy that that had happened. Um, So, you know, after this long rant that didn't really make any sense, and I gave away most of the plot, I want to tell you one last thing. So, the other night, Wednesday night, I had a John Malkovich-esque dream. And that was the last draw for me. I was like, I never want to think about this movie again. (laughs) Um, so what, what the dream was, was that, like, I was living in some town, I, like, wasn't myself, because, you know, it's a dream, and everyone in my town had gone through this sudden, like, natural disaster where everyone's consciousness, like, left their body, and they all got switched, like, in that Scooby-Doo movie. Stop! Yeah. Adventure Mystery Island. So everyone was, like, in a different body, and then there were, like, some bad guys that, like, I had thought were, like, behind the whole thing. But then I was, like, talking to people from school that were in the in the dream, and I was like, oh, like, did you switch bodies? And they were like, no. And I was like, what do you mean no? Like, everyone switched bodies. <laughs> and so then I found out who was behind it, and it was, like, a John Malkovich situation where, like, there was one guy going into everyone's bodies and controlling them, and it was Will Ferrell. <gasps> Not, like, a real Will Ferrell, but it, he, the character was played by him, I yeah. guess. It was weird. Wow. So I woke up and I was like, what the hell? Not Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Ferrell. So, in my in my personal opinion, my personal opinion, don't come for me, I gave this movie one out of five stars. I absolutely wow. hated it. I would never watch it again. You know, the little fanboys and fangirls are going to be after you after this one, Megan. I don't care. They're not going to be happy. I... Well, what an episode. <laughs> Tune in next week when we talk about LGBTQ plus film and TV. We'll be here next Monday at 2.30. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a great Friday. Take it away, Frankie.